everyone. Welcome to this episode of Inspirational Crits. We did have a little bit of technical difficulties with this episode in the meaning of it didn't record, which is actually quite a shame because it was quite a wonderful role-playing session. Uh, but I do have a little bit of a synopsis for you so that you're not completely in the dark. And I did the best that I could to capture the emotion and energy of what happened. So I hope that it's not too much of a letdown, but unfortunately, technology can be finicky. So this is the best that we got, and I'm really sorry if it messes up the immersion of the story. But with that, let's just hop right in. conversation with Caspius, the party prepares for the dinner with Travis and the others, with Yarkris and Trayvok going with Javier to fetch dinner supplies, and the others hastily preparing the veterinary estate to host the most amount of people it has hosted in well over six months. Catherine is shown the statue of Zerith and told who he is, and Victor learns where he really got his angry stare from. Travis arrives with Caspius, Marina, and Kalia, as well as a surprise guest, Delmore Demir. Charlie's father. The dinner starts with some tense moments between Rook and the other members of the Zentarm, and Travis asks about Zerith, then claiming that they had a way to fix him. Getting into the business part of the evening, Travis explains that Delmore is there because they have a partnership. Delmore goes on to explain to the veterinaries that he is a lord of Waterdeep, and himself and three others of the ten lords of the council don't like how it's being run with one other on the fence. But they can't do anything to outright change the council without a majority or help from the outside. Delmore explains that he wants to change how Waterdeep is ruled. The lords have been in the dark for too long, and because of that, do not have to face the consequences of their choices. After all, how are the citizens supposed to trust their leaders if they don't even know who they are? He goes on to explain that the day all those years ago when a lord was assassinated, Cassius actually found him instead of the lord he was looking for, and they had a conversation, one at knife point, but a conversation nonetheless. Delmore and the other lords on his side helped set up the assassination, and they've been working with Caspius and the Zents ever since. Travis then strikes up a deal to Pythias, partner with them, and help turn Waterdeep around, to which Pythias agrees. The dinner dissolves into the more pleasant part of the evening, with the parents of the dating daughters getting to know each other a bit. And of course, embarrassing stories are shared. After dinner, everyone is taken to the sitting room where coffee is served and conversations are had. Delmore pulled Charlie to the side and tells her the truth of her childhood, that he had seen greatness in her at a very young age, and all of her sneaking and spying was a kind of training for her to take over as a lord of Waterdeep after him. He informed her that everything she brought them saved the city and its citizens a lot of trouble but he should have been more forthright with her sooner. He knows now that a position as a lord is not for her, and he just wants her to live a life that makes her feel happy and fulfilled. 
He also tells her that Shantae doesn't even know, but he plans on telling her soon, before the news can get to her any other way. To which Charlie responds that yes, or she would probably stab him. Delmore responds that it would probably be a rather thick sewing needle, opposed to a knife. They share a heartwarming hug, during which Delmore tells Charlie that they were lucky to have gotten her and that he would try to get her mother to start calling her Charlie, since that is what she prefers to be called. Back in the sitting room, Yarkris has a talk with Cassius about the Skyrider Mountains, but Cassius doesn't really know anything, but he might be able to find out a bit more if he could find some texts on cities about the Skyriders. Yarkris then asks about his sister. Cassius explains that she was sold to House Bane Ray in Menzo Baranzan, the capital drow city in the Underdark. Cassius told him that he could get to the Underdark via Thornhold, and that if he wanted more info on that, he could probably get it from Trayvok. Victor talked about possible trade routes of Evermeet and other goods from Evermeet with his father and Travis, and farewells were made at the end of the night, along with making plans to come get Zerith later on. Yarkris handed Rook off to Cassius, who took him with a mischievous smile. Marina was the one to lean in close and remind Rook that it's not my husband you should be worried about, it's me. You never should have made the decision to put a knife to my daughter's throat. Pythias asked Catherine if she would share a dance with him before bed, and the two retire to the small ballroom where Victor can hear their family ballad being played on the enchanted piano from the ballroom under his room. Victor sings along to the song with happy tears before drifting off to sleep. Celea was visited by Thalia in a dream, saying that she had given offers to almost everyone else. It would be rude not to offer her something as well. She showed off a book that opened in her hand and showed a ghostly visage of Celea's stepmother. Thalia then gave her the offer. Give me Cabal's ruin, and I'll give you back your stepmother. Celea offhandedly dismissed her, claiming that she wasn't close to her stepmother, so she could take her or leave her. It didn't matter. Thalia then claimed that it had been decades since she had been to Evermeet, and perhaps she should visit again. In the morning, Thalia teleported them to Whitefair, a place that Yarkris and Victor have only been to once before. They appear in the library of the tower and quickly make their way down to the kitchen and dining area. Fauros and Lyanna are sitting at the table with two elves, one male, one female, seeming to have just finished breakfast. The male elf is recognized by Octa, Salea, and Trayvok as Vero Galadel, the captain of the Everaskin guard that had been looking for Princess Raitris all the way back at the beginning of their journey. And the female elf, only Salea recognized as Princess Raitris Amakir herself. Raitris and Salea have a rather awkward conversation where both realize that the other is missing information about the other's life stories and are not exactly caught up on the whole truth of each other's past two to four years. Raitris went on to explain her story, that her mother died two years ago, but that she told her something very important before she died that her father had had an affair before she was born when they thought that her mother was infertile. Elzalor is only her half-brother. Her mother raised Elzalor as her own, and she was fine with that until he started to act strangely. Her mother told Raitris the truth, and her mother demanded that her father admit to the kingdom of the affair, and that Raitris be the one to inherit the throne, not Elzalor. Her father wouldn't admit to the affair, but he did agree to let Raitris take the throne, in the agreement that Elzalor played the part of stepping down. Obviously, that didn't go over very well. 
The next night after that, Elzor killed her mother and tried to kill her. With that, Raitris ran. That was two years ago, and Raitris just recently found out that Elzalor had accused her of her mother's murder, saying that Raitris's mother had changed her mind and in a jealous rage, Raitris had killed her and fled. Six months after that, Raitris's father found out the truth and decided to have Elzalor executed. Only, Raitris's father's advisors were no longer his. They blamed his death on a broken heart, and Evereska had been under Elzalor's thumb ever since. Trayvok speaks up in a rather out-of-character way, explaining that I know how it feels to be blamed for a parent's death. It hurts. Raitris produces a necklace from under her blouse and places it on the table, explaining that she understands that they are searching for some powerful magical items. She tells them that this was one of the few things she managed to grab when she ran from Evereska. Charlie instantly recognizes it as the kiss of the Changebringer, claiming, That one's mine! Raitris gave them the artifact as long as they would help her take back Evereska, saying that it's been two years. I want my kingdom back. After the group agrees and says that they wanted to do that anyway, Raitris and Saleya had a bit of an awkward conversation about Liamobi, where Raitris takes on the part of protective cousin and friend, but relaxes once Saleya explains that things had happened and she hadn't gotten the letter, but wanted to get to Liamobi. We ended with a group starting up talks about invading Evereska, and we faded to black. Sorry we didn't have a full episode for you guys for this part, but I did the best that I could, and I hope that you still enjoyed it, and at least you're not going to be in the dark when it comes to episode 23. And sorry about my annoying dog in the background. He just gets overexcited sometimes and doesn't know how to sit still. Thanks for sticking with us. We'll catch you in the next one. And remember, stay weird. Thank you for listening to this episode of Inspirational Crits. My name is Joey, and I'm the DM. Our players include Abby as Charlie, Aaron as Salea, Havoc as Yarkris, Alex as Trayvok, Geek as Victor, and Zach as Okta. We'll catch you in the next one. Remember, stay weird. Four hours and 22 minutes. That's actually not, because I could actually print up to six of them at the same time frame. Oh god, six victors. <laughs> oh god, could you imagine? I don't think there would be a water deep if there if six victors existed. What do you mean? Oh god, Victor that... learned mirror image. <laughs> mirror image is one thing. Like having actual clones. Yeah, like that he... actual clone. <laughs> that oh my god. Oh man. It wouldn't be called Waterdeep anymore. It would be named after the Vetinaris because he would deep. just rule it. <laughs> don't ever say Victor Deep. No. <laughs> I don't like that. Canonically hung. This is true. Not as much we... as your Chris. <laughs> Y'all did roll for dick size because what else are you supposed to do in D and D?